Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you are at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Hello, friend, and thank you for joining us today for this episode of Hope Along the Journey. We are so delighted to have each and every one of you listening to this podcast or broadcast, whichever venue through which you're listening to it. And we would love to hear from you and know what you think about Hope Along the Journey and its ministry. Hope Along the Journey was started almost two years ago, and the purpose of this ministry is to encourage and strengthen and inspire people who are struggling to find hope through their desperate situations in life. And that's why we call it Hope Along the Journey. We'd love to hear from you, so why don't you send us an email? The email address is hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Again, that's hope along the journey at gmail.com. Just recently, we, we've started a newsletter, and we put the first episode out in the month of May. We're going to be putting one out each month, and so we would love for you to be part of that newsletter. There will be a personal message from myself. There will be um, remarks from listeners and what they have to share There will be some exciting news and updates of things that are taking place. So again, we'd love to have you part of our Hope Along the Journey newsletter family. In order to join, just go to our website, www.hopealongthejourney.org. Again, that's just simply www.hopealongthejourney.org. And you should get a prompt that says stay in touch. And when you get that prompt, just enter your email and we will get you onto the newsletter mailing list. Today, I want to do something a little different. Normally, I have a guest on and I interview a guest and they share their story or talk about their book or the ministry they're involved in. But today, I just felt in my heart the last few days to just do something different, and that is I want to share a message of hope with you from Psalm 27. Psalm 27 has been one of my favorite psalms, and maybe a favorite psalm of yours as well, because I'm sure as I read this psalm that many of you are going to remember or be familiar with several of these verses. Psalm 27 is a psalm of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes came up on me to eat me up, to eat up my flesh, they just stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. And though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident." One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. 
In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. Therefore I will offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidst, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me, and put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. So teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of my enemies. Deliver me not over to the will of my enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So wait on the Lord, and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Isn't that a powerful psalm? I mean, so many beautiful promises and so many beautiful verses that resonate with oftentimes what's going on in your life and in my life. You don't have to be a rocket scientist as you read this psalm to come to the realization that David is facing a very troubling time in his life. This psalm is written out of the cauldron of suffering, heartache, false accusations, people that have risen up against him. And he longs to find God's presence and his help in the midst of these troubles. I'd like to speak to you for just a few moments and share with you from my heart about this matter of when we go through times of trouble. Have you been through a a troubling time lately? (laughs) I mean, or maybe you're going through that troubling time now. Katie McGray Gary once said, I don't go looking for trouble. Trouble just usually finds me. I never forget when I read that quote for the first time, I thought, you know, that seems to be so true in my life. I don't have to go looking for trouble. It seems like trouble has a way of finding me. Cormac McCarthy said, if trouble comes when you least expect it, then maybe the thing to do is just always expect it. I've been recently reading through the book of Job, just finished it a couple weeks ago. And I think of what Job said in Job 14.1. Listen to his words. Man is born of woman and is of a few days and full of trouble. As I read Job's life and worked my way through those painful chapters, I came to realize that Job dealt with a lot of trouble in his life during a time of uncertainty when he really didn't understand what was going on, why it was happening, where was God, what was God trying to do in all of this. David was a man who went through and encountered a lot of trouble. If you've read through the life of David recently, you you really come to realize that, that David was very well acquainted with trouble, all kinds of trouble. This psalm is written at a time when it's happening. He says things like this, My enemies and my foes have come upon me to eat up my flesh. 
He says, a host is encamping against me. War is rising against me. Lead me to plain path because of my enemies. Deliver me out of the hand of my enemies. False witnesses have risen up against me. And it just seems to go on and on and on. But you know what? David's not the only one that knew a great deal about trouble. Times of trouble come to you, my friend, and they come to me. We can't avoid them. They're just part of life. Life is not trouble-free. Troubling times come to all of us. Sometimes there's trouble at work, and sometimes there's financial troubles. Anybody know anything about that? Family trouble? Surely not. Marital trouble? Ministry troubles? Health troubles? The list could go on and on. I wouldn't be surprised that I'm speaking right now to somebody out there who is going through such a time as this. You're going through a time of trouble. Well, as I look at this psalm, I'm amazed at four important actions that David took that I try to remind myself to take when troubles come my way. Let me, let me just, just share those with you in these next few minutes. Let me just kind of go over those, because I think these could be very helpful to, to all of us to remember. When I look at this psalm of David, written in a time of great trouble, the first action that I see that David took was this. Notice how he boldly declares his confidence in God. Boldly declaring his confidence in God. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my light. On and on in those first three verses, he keeps talking about his confidence in God. Now, realize that David, first of all, what he's not doing, David is not denying the existence of troubles. I mean, David is not sticking his head in the sand and pretending like this isn't happening, you know, or if I, you know, it'll just go away if I don't think about it now. No, as we read through the psalm, David is very realistic about the existence of troubles in his life. So he's not denying that troubles are there. But what David is doing, he is expressing his complete confidence in God in spite of those troubles. Believing that in the time of trouble, God will be his strength, his shield, his fortress, his help, his light, his salvation, God is going to see him through this time. And so he boldly makes this declaration. You know, I think about what Paul said in Romans chapter 8. Don't you love Romans 8? Powerful chapter. When he says, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who makes intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? And you could just fill in the blank with whatever trouble you are going through today. For as written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. But nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded 
that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that a powerful, powerful declaration? This is so important for us to realize and to practice in our lives. I know we know that in our heads. We know, yes, God is with us. He promised never to leave us, never forsake us. Psalmist David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. But it really has to become personally owned by each of us, doesn't it? It really does. You know, it's one thing to hear what David said, but it's another thing to take what David said and declare it as our own. Sometimes one of the most important things we can do in the midst of our troubles is just boldly, with confidence, declare our trust and confidence in God. And that's important. There's something else that I see David doing in this passage that I find very striking. I see that David is intentionally seeking after God. In this time of trouble, he's not running away from God. I've seen too many people do that, haven't you? I've seen people when when problems came and troubles came, you know, it's like they ran away from the very one who could help them. They also tend to run away from the people of God. Have you ever noticed that? People get down, people get discouraged. What do they do? They stay away from church. They they quit assembling with other believers. They they isolate themselves, which is exactly what the enemy wants us to do. But David here is intentionally seeking the presence of God. His passion is very clear. Listen to these passionate words again in verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek, that I may dwell, that I might abide in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty, the sweet attractiveness, and delightful loveliness of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. It's passion. It's he in the times of trouble, when troubles come, it's time for us to seek God. Let me just pause here to say to, to someone who's listening today, you're going through a difficult time. You may be going through an extremely traumatic time. In fact, you may be going through an unparalleled time in your life like nothing you have ever encountered before. I want to just encourage you to do what David did and what all of us need to do, friend, and that is that we just need to intentionally seek after God. He seeks after God to be with him. He wants God's protection over his life. For in the time of trouble, he will hide me in his pavilion. He knows that if he sets himself to seek God, that God will provide him. He will exalt him. He he will set him upon a rock. He will give him strength. And, And then I think of these beautiful words of David. When you said, Seek ye my face, my heart said to you, Thy face, O Lord, will I seek. Now, I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but they tell me in the Hebrew language of this passage that God's call, seek ye my face, is a, is a call to, it's like a universal call. It's a call 
out to the congregation. But when David responds, David responds personally. God is calling out saying, seek my face. And David is personally responding and saying, Lord, when you said, seek ye my face, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, will I seek. Do you need, do you need to seek the face of God? Do you need when this, when this Hope Along the Journey is episode is over to find a quiet place somewhere and, and just lift your heart to God? When troubling times come in our life, this is a signal, this is a cue for us to seek after the face of God. So David is doing that. David is, is boldly declaring his confidence in God. You're my strength. You're my salvation. You're my light. You're going to be with me through all this. And then David also then intentionally sets his heart to seek the presence of God. He, he wants to do this. He wants to be in the presence of God. He wants God's presence because he knows there's protection in his presence. Now, there's a third thing that I notice here that's going on with David that I find fascinating. This is very important. And that is that when I read this psalm, I hear David humbly asking for guidance from God. Look at these words again. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me over to the will of my adversaries. False witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence." What he's saying here is this time of trouble in my life is a time when I desperately need the guidance of God. I need you to teach me your way, O Lord. A teachable spirit is so important in all of our lives as Christians, isn't it? It really is. I, I quite often pray and ask God to keep me humble and to help me to always have a teachable spirit, because I want to know the way of the Lord. I want to know what his will is for my life. When we are going through times of trouble in our lives, these can be very treacherous times. I don't know about you, but I've seen people during times of trouble literally just lose their way. Haven't you? I've seen people when heartache, grief, loss, when troubles came their way, rather than seeking God or rather than striving to ask God to show them what he wants them to learn in all of this, they lost their way during the time of trouble. As most everybody knows, I I am a pastor, and I've pastored for a number of years. Love pastoring, love pastoring, and I love people. But I think one of the most heartbreaking things I've seen across the years is when people lose their way when troubles come. You know, it seems like maybe there's unmet expectations. Maybe God didn't just do it the way they thought he should, or they could never quite understand why this happened in their life. And so they became very disillusioned, sometimes very angry, very bitter, and they lost their way in times of trouble. Friend, don't let that happen to you. Please don't let that happen to you. 
It's, it's in times of trouble or times when we need to just humbly ask God for divine guidance. Teach. We need to pray this prayer. Lord, teach me your way. Lead me in a smooth path. And that's a prayer that, that I think all of us need to pray with regularity. So David is asking that God would teach him because these are treacherous times and he needs to know the, the way that God wants him to live. And so I think about teachableness and I think about being taught in times of troubles. I've come to realize some important things. Number one, I've come to realize personally that some lessons in life can only be learned in the troubling times. <laughs> I hate to say that. Boy, do I hate to say that. Is that ever painful for me to admit that? But it's true that some life lessons can only be learned in the tough times. And it's in those times of trial and testing and trouble that we really, we really come to learn that God is who he said he would be, that God will do all that he has promised to do. Often our way is not God's way. I've learned that, haven't you? That often the way I think things ought to work out when troubles come, the way I think the path ought to be, is not always God's way. And so another, so I've learned this. One another important thing I've learned in times of trouble is this. Instead of saying, why, Lord, why is this happening? That's, I don't know about you, but I'm very prone to say that. But start thinking of this way. Instead of just always saying, why, Lord? Say this, Lord, what is it that you're trying to teach me during this time of trouble? A dear friend of mine whose name was Mark as well, was going, told me one time about a very difficult time that he was going through in his life. Very difficult time in his life. And he said one day, he said in his own words, he said one day, I just sat down and he said, I just put my resume out before the Lord. And I just showed the Lord everything I had done for him across the years. And he said, now, Lord, I've done this and I've done this and I've done this. And he said, I was just you know, belly aching and telling God, look, I've done all this for you across these years. He said, as I was saying those words, he said, it was as if the Holy Spirit said to me, now, Mark, put your resume away. I'm not impressed with it. He said to me, he said, and Mark, he said, in that moment, he said, the Lord impressed upon me to quit asking, why me, Lord? And start saying, what do you want to teach me, Lord? And he said, you know, he said that was a pivotal point in that whole traumatic time in my life was when I quit trying to understand all the reasons of why it's happening. And I started focusing on what does God want to teach me during this time? And he said it just, it totally, it totally changed my experience going through that traumatic and difficult time. There's one last thing I want to share with you as I look at this psalm. And this again, go read this psalm. Meditate on it. Pray it. It's a powerful psalm. But there's a fourth action that David is taking here that, that I want to share with you. And that is that David is fully trusting in and waiting upon the promises of God. He's fully trusting in and waiting upon the promises of God. Look at what he said. He said, I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. David is fully trusting in the Lord, for there's no one else to turn to when troubles come our way. Because oftentimes, if we could solve them, we would. If someone else could solve them, often they would. But the reality is that oftentimes many of the troubles that come in our life are not solvable by human effort or means. The truth is that we must trust in and wait upon the promises of God for God to see us through. And so he got his so he's waiting upon God in total reliance upon the one who has proven himself to be faithful again and again over and over. David is not waiting upon God in frustration but he's waiting upon God in anticipation. David is not waiting upon God with a spirit of impatience but with a spirit of expectancy. Waiting upon God is not it's not like when you Uh, dropped your spouse or a friend off or some of your family off at the mall and you're sitting out in the car wondering how long is this going to be? And you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. Now, that's not what waiting upon the Lord is. To wait upon the Lord carries with it the anticipation of hopeful arrival, that you have hope in the fact that he will show up. It's, It's an anticipation you know, I, I when I think about waiting upon the Lord, I oftentimes think about uh, my my grandsons and my granddaughters. I just love to go see my grandkids. They really do. But here recently, I was heading to see them, and they knew that I was coming. And so they had been waiting on Papaw to get there. I'll never forget pulling into the driveway, and there stood one of my grandsons, and he had been waiting and watching, anticipating and looking. And when he saw me, he, he jumped up and down with such joy and such delight and started screaming and yelling. He had been waiting for Papaw to get there. Not in frustration, but in anticipation. Not with impatience, but with Joy and expectation. He had been waiting for me to arrive. In Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 and 4, we find this incredible verse. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. I remember the period of time in my life when I looked at this nearly daily for three years, claiming this promise, believing this promise, and waiting upon God and trusting in Him. You put your heart and put it in His hands and trust in Him. He will keep you in perfect peace. Again, Isaiah says, and we know this verse, but again, this is about waiting upon the Lord. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the God, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. 
He gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall utterly fail, but they that wait upon the Lord, ah, there it is, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. And so I just want to encourage each one of you today who are listening. If you're going through a time of trouble, if you're struggling, if you feel like that you're in a battle and it's all an uphill battle, then I encourage you, read this psalm again. I encourage you to declare your confident trust in God. Set your heart to seek after him in his presence. Ask him to teach you what you need to learn in this difficult chapter of your life. And then in faith and hope, just trust in him and wait upon him, for he will renew your strength. Wait upon the Lord and be of good courage. He will come to your rescue and to your help. Thank you for listening today to Hope Along the Journey. God bless you. Look to Jesus, for he is the hope of the world, and he'll give you hope along the journey. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to know more about Hope Along the Journey, or if you would like to make a donation to show your support and appreciation for this ministry, then visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for more hope along the journey.